The Lord be with you. And with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the days were completed for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there were... There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Christ of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, He took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, Now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen the salvation with which you have prepared in the sight of the peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the rise and fall of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself a sword will pierce, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Israel. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of the Lord was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Today is the feast day of the Holy Family, and... I have some greetings from Father Peter to all of you. He's, with his, he's not with his family still, but he's in New Zealand. And I was thinking of his family, and every family is different. No family is like the Holy Family. But uh, knowing his family, they do have a great, they give a great testimony. They have seven boys. Three of them are priests, and mom and dad were always very kind uh, people all the time that I met them, and it's just a, not a perfect family, but they have their, their problems too, but, um, but a, good, a good thing to think about today on the Feast of the Holy Family, so many good families we know, right? So many good families, and that's what I want to talk about a little bit, two things. One is to give thanks for the graces that we've received through our families, and the other thing would be to think about and give thanks for our particular vocation 
as a mother, as a father, as a brother, sister, as a priest, maybe a consecrated person. But whatever God calls us to in his great family that comes out of all of our families. So first of all, these readings today help us to think about the family and the, the blessings of our family. So the, the, the first reading from Sirach talks about the mother and the father. Fourth commandment, honor your father and mother. And for, so first of all, let's give thanks to, our, to God for our mothers and our fathers. All of us have received many blessings, the first of which is that we're here, alive from our mother and father, God working through them. And this first reading talks a lot about the respect and the thanks and the gratitude that we should have for our parents. A father is set over his children in honor. A mother's authority he confirms over her sons. Mom and dad have authority given to them by God. In a certain way, they take the place of God on earth. And we, it's not an easy job. A lot of you have done that and are doing that. It's a high, great, wonderful vocation, but can be very demanding. It's not easy. The second reading talks more about family life and some of the things that we can think about in the second reading, the good things of our family life. Like we all know, sometimes we have uh, disagreements. Sometimes we have to forgive. Sometimes we, have, uh, uh, we don't get everything we want in our family. And that's part of growing up. When, you're, when you kind of grow up, you think, well, I should get whatever I want. But when you live in a family, you realize that, no, it's not all about you. It's about each other. It's about thinking of the others. And that's what St. Paul to the Colossians really reminds us of. And he gives a high, uh, he invites us, Jesus invites us through St. Paul to do what is difficult. Listen to the thing, and what is beautiful, and where the blessings come from. Listen to what he says. Brothers and sisters, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, and forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And that's something that we can't live family life without that forgiveness. And we find sometimes, as hard as it, as hard as it is to forgive or ask forgiveness, think of the times that you've done that, and think of the peace and the grace that comes from that. Maybe, maybe there's something we need to ask forgiveness for today from someone in our family. That would be a good day to do it. Maybe little things or bigger things. But as St. Paul says, let the peace of Christ control your hearts. Let the peace of Christ control your hearts. You might have experienced sometimes where something else is controlling your heart, and it's not the peace of Christ. It's maybe when we, when we let selfishness get in there, it can control our hearts. And we get angry, and we get mad, and we get impatient, and it's almost like, gosh, I wish I wasn't like this. And that's where Jesus, that's where the sacraments, that's where his grace can help us. To let the peace of Christ, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, control our hearts. Sometimes we might think, well, I just, I've tried that already. It doesn't work. It's ongoing. Family life is an ongoing school. School of learning how to live the gospel. And I want to share this quote I read today when I was reading the breviary. It's 
Pope Paul VI, when he visited Nazareth, listen to what he says about the Holy Family in Nazareth. He says, May Nazareth serve as a model of what family life should be. May it show us the family's holy and enduring character and exemplifying its basic function in society, a community of loving and sharing. Beautiful for the problems it poses and the rewards it brings. In sum, the perfect setting for rearing children. And for this, there is no substitute. It's interesting, he says, beautiful, the family is beautiful for its problems it poses and the rewards it brings. The problems a family poses is that when you all live together under one roof and you have to share everything, we call it common life. We, we religious priests try to do the same thing. You know, sometimes you don't get everything you want. And that's a good thing. It's a problem that's posed. But not a bad problem, but it's a, it brings rewards of being, of being able to share. Of being able to pay attention to the other person. Sometimes we don't want to. Like a brother and a sister. You know, I want that and she wants that, but... You know what? Why don't you take it? A little share. A little sharing. A little kindness. That's what the beautiful thing about our family life is, and it's a mixed bag. Sometimes there's bitterness that doesn't go away, and we can pray for families and our families where we maybe have some of that. But today, let's pray for our families and thank God for the the gifts that he's given us. I did also want to share with you a quote. When I was praying about this feast day, I looked up in the catechism about family life. There's so much in there in our, in our catechism of the Catholic Church that's so beautiful. And there's a number I want to share with you. It says this. The family is the domestic church. The family is the domestic church. The Christian family is a communion of persons, the sign and image of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Daily prayer and reading of the Word of God strengthens it in charity. The Christian family has an evangelizing and missionary task. That's one number. That's a lot, that's a lot that the church holds up for us in family life in that, one, in that one number. And I just want to comment a little bit about it. The domestic church, this is, the, this is our church. This is a, a parish church. The diocese is a local church. The church is the place where God blesses us and we come together as his children. The first place we do that is in your home with your father and your mother and your brothers and your sisters. And the Lord is with you, especially through the sacrament of baptism and the sacrament of marriage. So it's beautiful that this number says that family is a sign and image of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So in a certain sense, it's a very high calling. And many times... We might not feel worthy of that, or we might feel, wow, I didn't know it was such a high calling. It is. To be a reflection of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to one another and to our society. And that goes into the the second line there. says, daily prayer and reading of the scriptures strengthens it in charity. Daily prayer and reading the scriptures. That's an invitation for us. I don't know how many families of you, your families, have daily prayer and reading of the scriptures. My family didn't. I love my family. We went to church on Sunday, but we didn't have a, a gospel study every day. We, uh, 
we, we prayed before meals, and every once in a while we get the script with the Bible in there. Uh, but recently, with my family, I have two brothers and a sister, and uh, my mother and father are still alive, thanks be to God. And during the time of COVID, one of my brothers said, why don't we do a weekly call? So we do a Zoom call every week. Every week since March, for an hour every week. Sometimes we, I think they've kind of run out of things to say, but when that happens, I say, hey, what feast day is it today? Does anybody know? And my dad always knows because they're watching online mass every day. And, uh, and then I'll say, a re- I'll, I'll, I'll read and say, well, how would you like to share this reading? So a little Bible reading. And it's been beautiful because I really haven't done Bible reading with my brothers and sisters too much when we were at home. But now we do a little bit and, and they love it because they can say something about the gospel and give their opinion and we can talk a little bit about it. So it's a really a nice, it's a beautiful thing to do and something that is here in the catechism. Maybe you can be inspired to do that. As it says here, daily prayer and reading of the scriptures strengthens the family and charity. Um, and then the last thing it says in that number is this. The family has an evangelizing and missionary task. What does that mean? The family has an evangelizing and missionary task. Well, basically, it means that if you're living what St. Paul says, you're trying to live kindness, you're trying to live humility, gentleness, and patience, and sometimes you have to, if you have a grievance with one another, you forgive one another. Not only are you building up your family, but you're evangelizing each other. You're showing your brother that, hey, I can forgive like Jesus. Or you're showing your sister um, that I'm going to do something kind for you. So in a certain way, evangelizing means proclaiming the gospel through our words or actions. So when we live that family life, we evangelize one another. Not with, you know, hey, I'm going to tell you what it says here. You know, it says here you got to forgive, and you didn't. That's not the... Uh, that's not the evangelizing we're talking about. It's more like giving the example of that love that the gospel teaches us, right? And then sometimes also our, our, our families can evangelize when we just live our family life, take care of our mom and dad or our grandfather and grandmother. I was at a family's house the other night, and their dad was 84, the grandfather and the mother, and, and um, I was evangelized seeing how they took good care of them, and they moved their other grandmother into a little part of the house. And, you know, you, you say, wow, people are trying to live the gospel. And then I try to evangelize them in a little, little way by just sharing the gospel. So it doesn't have to be something that's really arduous or Herculean. It's just trying to bring Jesus into our family life. And sometimes we can even um, do something like go out and proclaim the gospel. Father Peter, I know he does a crosswalk wherever he goes and goes around walking with a cross and asks people for prayers. That's, that's a little bit different type of evangelizing. And sometimes if you, uh, if you get courageous, you know, you go out with them as a family and uh, ask for prayers. That's another way. But many ways that our families can evangelize and be missionary. So finally, just to um, conclude today, we're not all called to be mothers and fathers as in the flesh. Some people might not ever get married, and that's fine. They're, we're called, first of all, to be baptized and consecrated, consecrated in baptism. And in the gospel today, we have two examples of people that were consecrated. I don't know if Simeon was married. We know that Anna was married for only 
seven years and then a widow for the rest of her life. But these consecrated people in this gospel, they, re- they represent to us that not only are we called to live our family life in our immediate family, but we're called to live in the family of the children of God. And some people are called to be moms, and some people are called to be dads, and some people are called to be grandparents, and some people are called to be priests, and some people are called to be consecrated. Like Anna in the, in the Bible today, she was in the temple praying and fasting. And these older people that were consecrated, it might be younger people, but when the Holy Family came in, it confirmed them. When you come into church, the priest needs to confirm your family life. I didn't, I didn't not be a father in the flesh because I don't like families or kids. That's not why. We become priests to serve the family of God and make a sacrifice of the most beautiful thing in this world, which is a family. And we say, I'm not going to have a personal family. Jesus doesn't want me to have a family of my own in this world because he wants me to follow him and serve families and protect families and feed families with the bread of life and the word of God. That's kind of the priestly vocation. And a similar thing is with the consecrated vocation. Nuns or women that don't get married and dedicate themselves to the Lord, they bring that feminine genius, that motherly love, that tenderness to the people of God. So we all have a vocation. Today we can think, well, what, what, what is my vocation? Maybe I'm living it as a mom or a dad. Maybe I'm not sure and God's going to show me. But what the important thing is, do what he wants you to do. And do it with a lot of love. Because that is going to be giving glory to God. So today we can uh, pray for our families. Praying, to, especially today we pray for all your families out there. Pray for our extended families who aren't with us. Um, and pray for the vocation that God has for each one of us. Especially for those that he's calling to be priests. Those that he might be calling to be consecrated women. And as we continue the Mass, we come around the table of the Lord and we remember in this time of Christmas, we come around the baby Jesus with the Holy Family. We pray to the intercession of Mary. Pray for the intercession of Joseph. And like that manger scene over there, we come around Jesus together with angels and saints in this sacred liturgy, praying for one another and praying for the the church and the world. We receive the life of faith through the church, for she is the mother of our new birth and grace. As joyful members of God's family, we now pray for the church that her members will be strengthened, purified, and renewed through the grace of Christ's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. For those charged with protecting society, that they will build a world in which the family life is revered, protected, and promoted. Let us pray to the Lord. For the universal respect of all human persons, that the culture of life will transform every human heart. Let us pray to the Lord. For blessings on all families, that the love, the unity, and the self-giving of the Holy Family will overflow into all aspects of family life. Let us pray to the Lord. For families who suffer from financial hardships, that they may find in the birth of Jesus a sign of certain hope. Let us pray to the Lord. 
for family members who are alienated or estranged, that the unfailing power of the mercy of Jesus will reunite and reconcile loved ones. Let us pray to the Lord. Loving Father, bless us with your love, which we profess to be the bond of perfection. Let the peace of Christ console our hearts as we offer you thankful prayers through Christ our Lord.